Welcome back with my co-host, Dane. Welcome back. This is Shout with Seth and my co-host, Dale Thomas. I'm here. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. Huh? I'm super excited to be here tonight. As am I, Dale. As am I. We're going to be discussing Whoopi Goldberg and some and her outlandish statement that got her kicked off the view just about, if not completely. <laughs> and we're also going to be looking at the Bosnian America, how our nation feels about the Canadian truckers and. Mm-hmm. The Mexican border. How the cartels aren't that really much different than the mafia. My ghost has my ghost angle has indicated he likes to speak a little bit on the Whoopi Goldberg situation, so I'm gonna let him have the I'm gonna let him have quite a bit of on this subject and I'm I may chime in for a little bit, but I'm I've got some other Topics that I definitely want to weigh in on, but and I want my coach weigh in on them as well. I guess it's just well, no guess about it. It's gonna be give and take all the way anyway. Hey, wait, Daniel. <laughs> all right, as you know, on the view recently, Whoopi Goldberg made a whoopee. She was talking at length about the Holocaust, and she said that the Holocaust was not about racism and I said do what and she went on by saying no the holocaust was not about racism it was just one group of white people trying to wipe out another group of white people and it was just an experiment as to the brutality that people can can uh, dish out towards one another. And I'm like, uh, no, that was, you have no idea what you're talking about. And anyway, the thing is that that is a clear example of critical race theory or CRT. It goes like this, okay? If part of a race that is, more successful than another one, then it's okay. In fact, it's even socially encouraged to be racist towards you. And the people who are being racist towards you aren't being racist at all, and they have a free pass. So <clears throat> the, uh, the Jews themselves, who Whoopi could not distinguish between European stock, of course. They're what you call white adjacent. In other words, they're highly successful people, so it's okay to be racist towards them unless you're white, because white people are actually one step higher on the totem pole than Jews are. So that's also why you don't hear a lot of uh, people shouting anti-Semitism when a black person attacks a Jew or it wasn't considered anti-Semitic when that uh, British 
Arab uh, took over that mosque in Texas and, I mean, not the mosque, but the temple in Texas and held 11 Jews hostage. That was not considered uh, anti-Semitic by CRT rules. And CRT is basically taking Marxist ideology and mixing it with racism. And again, Marxism does not work. And the ironic thing is these people are so obsessed with putting down white people, yet they do not realize that the Marxist ideology they're following was brought up by a white man that died over 100 years ago and is probably one of the laziest human beings that ever lived. And another part about CRT that I really cannot stand is that uh, traits that are considered whole white are considered just plain evil. And that includes the idea of being punctual and having a strong worth ethic. Wanting to go to your job is actually considered a white thing and is discouraged and is actually considered an act of evil. I'm not making this up because, you know, fact is often stranger than fiction. Very true. Um, and and here's something else. Um, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg really thought about this when she made her statement, and I don't think real critical race theorists have really looked at this either. If you, but the best to me, I think the best place where you can look at. Well, let me explain what the problem, what the growing problem is. What Whoopi, what yeah, I can't talk right now. What what Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg said, thank you, Daniel, and mm-hmm. let me tell you of a place where this is actually happening. All right, here's the problem with critical race theory. The problem with critical race theory is that inevitably more races become white adjacent. Right. This is something I don't, I don't think critical race theorists have really thought of yet. I don't think they've really got to this plank yet in the road and it shows and I'll show you I'll tell you about a state where this is actually happening and it's going to blow your mind Texas I have been to Texas before in the past and not only are Jews considered white adjacent but I got news for Whoopi whites were considered white adjacent as well hmm Latinos were considered in the minority and it was okay for Latinos to discrim- dis- discriminate, but whites, neither whites nor blacks nor Jews could discriminate against Latinos. Hmm. And again, yeah. I say... <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, there's an inherent problem with Kirk race theory, and it's like, you know, at what point... At what point do you continue to have racism, or or is it just a arbitrary line? Let's just admit that all racism is bad and get rid of it altogether. 
Uh, but that is never going to happen because racism is mainly based on genealogy. But uh, I'll get on to that in another podcast. I actually want to start a podcast of my own and I want to go in depth of that and go through the uh, some of the history of how racism has evolved over the centuries and um, well, we'll just discuss that in another time. Okay. And so what another thing I cannot imagine Whoopi Goldberg actually got kicked off the view. I mean, how much of a scumbag do you have to be to get kicked off of the view? Let me ask you that and let let me let you mule that over before bedtime. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, if any of our listeners would like to comment on that, um, feel free to. I believe we have a comment section there, and you can definitely tell us, hey, I think it's this much or this much. Hey, attention, attention, shout with Seth and Dan listeners. This is your chance to participate. If How much of a scumbag do you have to be in order to get gift off of you? Just tell us, and we will make sure to talk about it in our very next podcast. (laughs) I look forward to that. As do I. As do I. Moving on to our next topic, and it kind of goes hand in hand with this next um, it kind of goes hand in hand with racing and with the Canadian truckers as well. The balkanization of America. I have been before, uh, I remember Tim Pool has brought this up in times past, and he's like, Oh, it's, it's really gonna happen. And he, he talked about New Hampshire looking at leaving and some other things, and I'm just like, I don't know. I, I, I looked into it a little bit. And, uh, maybe he's entering Alex Jones' territory here, which <laughs> they want to talk about Alex Jones when he's being really crazy, not when he's being sane. But maybe he's entering, entering not interesting, maybe he's entering conspiracy Alex Jones' territory here. But after looking after after watching a a podcast by Brian Kilmeade, who is a excellent Fox News journalist, I might add. He is he is excellent. In fact, he's published a book called The President and the Oh, what is it? Uh the President and the and the uh, war Historian, or no, not the not the war historian. The um, just look at it, it's it's present and something about it's the present and something else, and then official title of it escapes me right now. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh, good, because I have no idea what you may be referring to. (laughs) 
The President and the Freedom Fighter. Yes. The President and the Freedom Fighter. It's about Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. And if my co-host wants to buy this book, I highly recommend it. I plan it's definitely on my Father's Day gift list for my son. Hint, 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 junior. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really do believe that this, I when. Hello? Hello? Um, I think I lost my co-host there. Um, hello? Hello, hello? 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 I think I, I think I lost you there for a second. You may have. I was. I was trying. I was trying to look that up on my phone at the same time I was recording on my phone. <laughs> uh, anyway, the wonderful, the wonderful things you can do with radio, and yet our technology still trying to catch up. But anyway, highly recommend the President and the Freedom Fighter by Brian Kilmeade. Great book. But anyway, he Brian Kilmeade also talks about how a lot of the nation is split about what it thinks about the 2020 election, what it thinks about Biden, what it thinks about should Congress be allowed to do insider trading. There's just a tremendous split. And there's even a guy who has done some research about the Volatization of America Law before Temple had brought up. His name is Woodridge. And he talks about the 11 nations of America. And even I believe even among among those in Canada, I think they're split pretty much the same way. And I think there's a split in America about between those who support the Canadian truckers and those who think that they're they're a little more than terrorists. Biden's trying to push Biden. I've heard that Biden is the one who pushed Trudeau into declaring martial law in Canada. And I agree with this, but Trudeau has went ahead and done it anyway. And there has I remember seeing a statement from one of the members of the Canadian Parliament that they will be debating this. They've got seven days to debate and determine whether or not to sanction Trudeau and give him okay or say, uh-uh, this is not sanctioned by the Canadian Parliament and withdraw their support and have martial law ceased and restored proper civil rule. I believe there's a split with America on that. And a lot there's even Brian Kilmeade has really seen this and he started addressing it in what he's in a new program called One Nation. 
go to YouTube, Google Brian Kilmeade of One Nation, and he's got some good, very good stuff that addresses both the liberal and the conservative. And I like to get my co-host opinions on the split between conservative and liberal. Now, Daniel, I've known you you declare yourself to be a, a centralist, and yet you do see, I believe you see a growing divide between the liberals and the conservatives. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I I call myself a unionist because I tend to vote for whoever I think is best served to preserve the union. And I've been voting Republican more and more as of these past few years because the Democrats are no longer my flavor of crazy. The Democrats have forgotten the uh, working class who were their original base from all the way back in the 70s, and instead they're turning more and more to the left-wing special interest groups. And that's how they're becoming more and more popular, because they ignore the working class, and instead they divide their voting base into smaller and smaller groups, such as uh, feminists and gay rights activists and transgender activists and uh, socialists and just basically anybody who's lazy or who is against the norm or against the usual grain. And that is causing more and more of a divide. They've also gotten uh, deep roots inside of uh, tech companies, including Microsoft and, of course, Facebook and Twitter, and they're essentially declaring war on anyone who does not agree with them. If you don't tote the line, they will pressure the tech companies and the social media networks to silence you and censor you and basically push you down the rabbit hole. And they're trying to control the narrative completely to make sure that the conversation only goes one way. And if it does only go one way, it, it it's just like what I said in our last podcast. If the conversation only goes one way and they have control of the narrative, then they will eventually have control of everything that is said. They'll have control over who votes and who doesn't, how they vote. And they are slowly and surely causing more and more friction. And I think the vast majority of conservatives do not want to uh, escalate into violence, but eventually you're going to push them too far. And like the old saying goes, don't poke the bear. Eventually, most uh, conservatives may find ways to fight back, such as through the law or through other means. I hope they don't resort to violence. I truly do, but we may not know until it's too late. <clears throat> well, I want to I want to interject right here and mention a couple of things. There are those people out there. There are I mean, you know, the key word you use like women's rights activist in 
gay rights, gay, we'll, we'll call them LGBTQ activists. They're those who people really push that. But then I've noticed, I mean, there's like some LG, LGBTQ people out there who are not really activists. They just, I mean, all they want to do is just be, you know, be able to live their life the way they want to live it and not have anything forced on them. They just want to be just like everybody else. Milo and Yiannopoulos is one of them. Hmm? I said Milo Yiannopoulos is one of them. And I, I know some others, but I, I want to keep their identity a secret. I know some others like that, though, too. And, you know, but they're not really, um, they're not really pushing anything. They just want to be just, they just want to just fade into the background. And it's important that we don't lump everybody in under the same blanket, I believe. It's, you've got to, you know, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. That's, that's a point of saying my mom's and I, I like it too. You've got to, you know, separate the good from the bad. Mm-hmm. So. Apples before they spoil the bushel. Exactly. And it's, I mean, we, we've got to take a hard look at everything. And, and like you were saying before, you know, pushing the narrative, that's what Democrats have done so much. And, I mean, they're, they're pushing it so much that they've forgotten who their voters are, who they represent. And a lot of people are not happy about this. They're not happy with the United States, and they're not happy in Canada about it either. They they don't want ideology. They want people who represent them in their government. Which, quite honestly, is why they get why these politicians have a job to begin with, liberal and conservative. That's why they have their job is to represent people from their representative states and territories. That's why they have a job. That's why they're in government. It's to give everyone a voice, not just, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, I remember in times past, you know, we, I remember there's like so many sci-fi movies where it's, we were, we were worried about, you know, robots, and artificial intelligence taking over the world. Well, we don't have that, but we do have politicians who are supposed to be kind of like, you know, we're supposed to be in power over them, and yet they're in power over us. And I'm not saying, you know, all government is supposed to be a system of checks and balances. Let me let me back that statement up. Yes, they're in power over us, but to an extent, but they don't have absolute power over us. There's America is founded on a system of checks and balances. And one of those checks and balances is the election. The election is a is a balance between the common man and our government officials. Our government officials are expected to draft laws, represent the representing their states and territories. They're, they're supposed to draft laws. The president or governor or 
county council or legislature, Congress. Correction. The president, governor, police, FBI, state troopers, marshals, etc. They are to enforce the law. They're to make sure that what was already agreed to is is followed. Judges interpret the judicial system is to interpret. Okay, was there a violation of the law or not? And if so, what should the punishment be? And that, to me, you know, that's that's how America is supposed to be, and we're supposed to be able to, we're supposed to have a free election as well where our votes are counted and made sure that that they're accurately counted and that there's no fraud taking place. That's how the system is supposed to work. There's supposed to be everywhere there's supposed to be a system of checks and balances. And when there's a problem with that, it needs to be addressed or there's no faith in that system. And that leads to unrest. Your thoughts, Daniel? <clears throat> yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying. And it goes back to the old saying that a king's, <clears throat> excuse me, a king's people do not exist to give him wealth and power. A king's crown exists to give them uh, freedom. The, the politicians, their number one concern should be to represent the people. And when they no longer have the people's interests in mind, then they no longer deserve to be in the office that they resign in. I mean, reside in. And right. they need to resign. And the easiest way to do that is to vote them out. And that's what the voting process is all about. It's getting rid of what doesn't work and finding what does. And it's to ensure that the country and the society itself advances. And unfortunately, this last election, we have not advanced at all. We've actually fallen back as a country and as a culture and it's sad. I I give Biden maybe another year and a couple of months before even the Democrats get tired of him and decide to 25 him. Unfortunately, that also means Kamala Harris will be next in line, but possibly we could maybe impeach her before that happens and remove her from office, I hope. And if that happens, uh, it would be the Speaker of the House that will become the next president. Who knows who that will be. We'll probably find out on November 2nd. Yes. I think, I think the Republicans will probably hold off on any impeachment moves until after the elections. They'll probably wait until probably the winner to do anything on that front the, the next winter probably when they'll 
whether they did anything on that front. Also, another news, I noticed that the a lot of the things that the a lot of the things that President Trump had talked about and had accused the Clintons of doing, the special counsel, Hugh Durham, I think, or is it Ray Durham? Anyway, Mr. Durham has been doing a very, a very thorough investigation, and he's finding out some very, he's, he's bringing out some very frightening things and these are things that should, I mean, it's like, you almost think there could be criminal charges coming against Hillary Clinton and her lawyer. Your thoughts on this, Daniel? Well, I hope so. I mean, Hillary Clinton has been caught doing some dirty things in the past. FBI had Robert Mueller, well, he was the head at the time, did catch Hillary Clinton smashing uh, hard drives and uh, BlackBerry phones and all kinds of stuff, and he didn't do anything about it. He just let it slide. And there's there's just so many questions that we will never know the answer to because the, all those emails were deleted. Who knows who she was talking to and who knows what kind of secret she was revealing. There's just so much that I want to know that the whole country in fact wants to know and if she is found guilty of this and she's after being put on trial and she's offered a plea bargain that could open up Pandora's box that could crack open the the combined Democrat closet and just reveal all kinds of dirty secrets that politicians from all across the nation, probably even across the entire world, might be guilty of. And if that happens and it leads to some sort of political purge, then I'm all for it. Yeah, what do you I agree with that. And also, um, and this is why we have Special counsels. This is why we have a judicial system. And basically, what I'm trying to say is that we need, right now, we as Americans need to have faith in our system of checks and balances. I believe we're doing the right thing by calling our representatives in Congress, our, our representatives in Congress, and our senators. And speaking to our governor and our state legislatures, uh, state legislators as well, I believe that's a good thing. I am very much against violence. I, in fact, I am completely against violence of any kind. I do not believe it is warranted at all. I do not. I am. I am one hundred percent peace loving. Yeah, I love this country with all my heart. And that's why I continue to believe in this country, even though a lot of the moves it has made have really saddened me. Amen to that. And as a special buzz feature, I just 
I want to I want to talk specifically about Brian's not seeing him Brian Stelter for a little bit. As for Brian Stelter, I mean I've no I've known he's been picked on for various things, but he's been picked on for weighing his voice and whatnot. I'm not going about to criticize for his weight because I've had weight problems too. In fact, I continue to struggle with it. So that's not that's not even my real source of contention with Brian Stelter. In fact, I'm just like, hey, you know, we need to don't don't get down. We'll just you know chalk up chalk it up and try again to shed the weight and look better and feel better and be healthier. But this is my main point contention, Brian Stelter. You are hired to do the news. Do your news, but if you ever feel like you can't do your job as a news anchor, then be a CNN PR person or something. I mean, you know, don't don't get trapped in doing something that's really not even your cup of tea. My thoughts, co-host? Daniel? <sighs> Stop You are my enemy! You are my enemy! I'm sorry, I had to get that out of my system. My my big gripe with Brian Stelter is that he is a separatist. He goes out of his way to trash people that he cannot compete with. He hates people who create memes and little jokes like that. Memes are dangerous. We need to silence them. We can't let the dumb media. He has problems with them because a meme can actually tell a story better than he can. He works for a multi-billion dollar corporation and somebody who's making a joke on Microsoft Paint on a laptop in their kitchen is kicking his enormously large behind. And that's not all. He also hates people who do better in the news. He went after... Excuse me. He went after Alex Jones for years, saying that he was a conspiracy theorist, and he did that to try and get him kicked off the air, and he actually finally succeeded. And now he's going after Tucker Carlson, and he cannot stand Tucker Carlson because, well, Tucker Carlson is just, he's just that good. You can't cuck the tuck. Mm-hmm. Brian Stelter's gripe is we need to silence these voices. They're spreading lies and misinformation and fake news. We have to keep we have to do our job and keep the airways clean. We have to be civil. We have to be civil, cries the eunuch, who goes out of his way to try and silence people and take away their First Amendment rights digitally and he's just so dad gum annoying i cannot stand Brian stelter at all ah okay i'm <laughs> let, let, let me calm down let me collect my thoughts 
and I shall continue. But in the meantime, do you have further thoughts? No, I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna let you finish. All right. Well, here's something you may not have known, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, I would not blame you. Brian Stelter is the lowest rated anchor on CNN, and he has a show called Reliable Sources. <laughs> there is actually a CNN segment called Reliable Sources. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always trying to say that we're trying to bring you the best information possible. We're trying to uh, keep fake news from getting across the airwaves. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Tubby, you want to stop fake news from getting across the airwaves and infecting people's ears? Well, why don't you stop talking? That would solve the problem. And I never thought I'd feel bad for Don Lemon. I mean, Don Lemon is one of the most racist, openly racist people on network television, second only to Joy Behar, which is ironic because her name is Joy and she's always angry. But Don Lemond has lost his boyfriend, Chris Cuomo. He's lost the CEO of CNN, and he's stuck there with little Brian Stelter. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that I felt sorry for Don Lamont, but there you have it. <laughs> Every time I, I hear Brian Stelter's voice, it, you and me, we sound masculine, okay? Yes. But th th this guy... <laughs> Well, if he ever gets kicked off of CNN, I'm sure at least Disney will call him up and ask to see if he'd like to be a voice actor for Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Maybe that's his future. Maybe. Their PR for CNN. One or the other. Ugh. I would not want that job. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Some people are crazier than others. <laughs> true that, true that. <laughs> All right, well, this is Seth Holland and Daniel Thomas. And we're going to sign off. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we look forward to talking with you on our next podcast. Till then, bye for now. Till then, good night and Vox Populi. Treat that.